some ways, you could say that this has become the podcast about my adventures in baseball coaching. Um, it's funny because in this episode, I recorded with my friend Joe Radke. Uh, it was toward the beginning of when I was helping out in baseball coaching, and episodes drop at different times. So this recorded a little bit earlier in sequence than some of the ones you've listened to recently, uh, and it just seemed like a good place to give you an update about why I hate uh, coaching kids specifically. I'm just not gifted in this area, and uh, I'm hoping that either people find some comic relief in that or uh, a little bit of solidarity because children are tough. I was at practice last night, and uh, you'll you'll get some of this. I'm not going to give you all the context, but I had an idea talking with Joe during the podcast. I started using that idea. I thought it was great. Some of the kids didn't respond the way that in my mind they were going to, and there's one particular kid. I wish I could say his name and sick all the dogs on him. <laughs> last night at practice, he can smell that I'm not good with kids, and, he, and I'm telling him where to be to position for second base. We're doing, like, a scrimmage, and, and he, like, puffs out his belly, and he's like, oh, I'm fat, coach. And I was, I wait, just had to stuff it down. Obviously, you're not going to retaliate to a kid. And I have gained quite a bit of weight, but uh, that just put things in perspective. I am not meant to be a coach. So anyway, moving on, there will be links in this show for my audiobooks. You can still pre-order those for just $10. Two audiobooks read by the award-winning XE Sands. You can grab those with the link that says audiobooks in the show notes. I'll have a link to the first four ebooks in my series for just $13. That's the deal I'm running right now. So if you haven't grabbed the first four ebooks, you like reading those, grab them now for $13. Or you can get a, a signed paperback of The Nine Lives of Marvin Longhigh. I'll have a link for that as well. More information coming on the blend that we are going to do, the collaboration with Author Marketing Mastery through Optimization. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Nothing really coming in this episode about ammo, so stay tuned for the Wednesday episode when we're going to have the first official kickoff episode of the TRB Ammo podcast. But until then... I wish you a wonderful and happy Monday. If you've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored, TRBM is the antidote. TRBM is for writers with time lapse was for painters, guitar solos and spotlights were for bands, what chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? Totally radical baseball magic? Turbulent Renegade Bolivian Smart. This Racky Bro Mashes. You decide. So, a couple of weeks ago now, you sent me a text message. I should have had that pulled up, but um, it, it to the to the effect of. Um, you know, you're living your dream right now. And I wish I was living my dream or I wish I was taking a risk to live my dream right now, or I wish I knew what my dream was right now. I think in different times, you've expressed a lot of those different things. And for the listener, uh, I want to note that Joe and I worked together uh, at a company called SRP. Uh, You weren't, you were never there when it was pugs, were you, Joe? Yes. Yes, yes, I you was. were there when it was Pugs. Okay, all righty. Yeah. 
So that they, was a good time. Those were those were the fun times. Yeah, it was it was a very very good company to work for in the days when it was Pugs, um, and we may reminisce on that a little bit throughout the conversation. But that's how we met each other, uh, and I was your boss, and you ran a route in the Little Rock. Arkansas area. So I worked with you a few times just to make sure that you were good people. Always enjoyed working with you. You did a great job and uh, you lasted at Pugs for longer than I did. I was I was let go, um, but we formed a friendship and you have been listening to this podcast since episode one with Sean Blagg. Uh, so as far as listeners go, I, there may be a few others who have listened from the beginning and caught every episode. Aaron Garrett, I think I see he listens pretty regularly still. But, you know, you're you're one of the OGs. So it just seemed like this was a perfect time, even though you're not a writer, to get you on the show, because I think that there's a universal sense of wishing that we could follow our dreams and pursue our dreams. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Well, for me, I, I never I never knew really what my path was or what the dream career or dream was for me like and I didn't I don't know that I still do like I don't I go to work and I just go to work route sales that's all I've done for the last 17 years I guess some warehouse work mixed in but growing up I never really said I want to do this when I grow up like outside of being on the radio or a mm. career in audio um, and I never really had a chance to pursue it uh, it was when I grew up, uh, I, I formed relationships and friendships with uh, one of the DJs in Baltimore, uh, who I still have contact with. And I, instead of doing homework at night, I'd be listening to the radio, calling the radio station. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the phone for hours on end, just chatting it up because I really didn't have friends. Like, I had a couple friends, but this was someone that, like, in my mind was famous. Like, yeah. You're on the radio. You're every night. You've been. You meet bands. You meet, um, you know, sports players. You, all that stuff. Like, yeah. The reality is, they. I mean, they're just sometimes locally famous. But mm -hmm. I, I said, okay, I want to go to broadcasting school. Yeah. So fast forward to eleventh grade. You know, nineteen ninety nine, somewhere in there, and I put an application in to go to Maryland Broadcasting School. Mm -hmm. So that they had no opening, uh, nothing, nothing. And then in 2000, we moved to California because my dad's job transferred. So I still did the same kind of thing. I formed a relationship with local radio personalities. Um, I did one TV spot with them. I won a contest and did oh, some cool. silly TV thing. Mm -hmm. um, went to concerts with one, one concert tickets, went on the bus, tried for an internship. Mm-hmm. I got an interview at the time I was in a college class, so I qualified because I was, quote, a college student mm -hmm. uh, taking a business course. Um, but it never I, – I went in there and I was honest. Like, they're like, what's your ideas or what's your goal? Like, I want to be on the number one morning show. Yeah. Like, I want to be the big host. So, big real drink, quick. Right? Big Yeah. You and I are similar in age. I believe we've done the, the the math before. You're a little bit older than me, but in 2000, I want to say that you might have been toward the tail end of high school. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, I would have been 18. 
Okay. Yep. So be fo- senior be year or just after. Yep. Okay. So, okay. So you, you go to California, you're 18, you're, you're still kind of dreaming about radio. You're getting a few little things here and there. And are you, are you fully thinking to yourself at that point, like radio is my future or how practical were you in your thought process? I don't know that I, I really was practical because I didn't really do anything to actually execute it. Like yeah. I took a business class or two, but I never, w- school was never for me. Like mm-hmm. I just um, didn't do well in high school. Lots of issues with um, peers and just bullying and same things kids go through today on, mm-hmm. but it's on a much larger scale today with the internet than it was then. Mm-hmm. Um the timing of the Columbine massacre and my mm. bad joke um, to someone in the cafeteria oh, no. uh, really did me in um, because of certain things. You know, I I sure. I had gotten suspended, and there was rumors going around that I I was uh, in that kind of crowd because we listened to heavy metal and wore mm. trench coats or whatever. Right. So when I came back and someone was messing with me, I said, don't oh, worry, wow. I'll spare you on my killing spree. Oh, and my God. That was not the right way to no. make a joke. I'll, I'll admit um, that was a bad joke. <laughs> and it got me in some serious trouble. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when I, I school was just never my thing. And the only success I had at college was a couple business classes that I paid for mm. myself one at a time. Like, yeah. I tried to take a full load of courses to go computer-aided design and all the stuff that, you know, my dad want, was paying for. And mm-hmm. I never showed up. I never showed up to class because I just, it just wasn't my thing. I recently had talked about on this show um, how uh, a friend of mine here in town asked me to volunteer for uh, baseball coaching. And the level of paralysis that I felt in doing that, I, I coached again this past Thursday and just familiarity with what was going on made it a lot better on Thursday. Still, I don't look at myself as being a coach for a number of reasons, but um, I think that was founded in a similar thing to what you're talking about. When I was in high school, uh, I had next to no friends because I was so socially anxious that uh, when the bell would ring, you'd go to your next period. Like a lot of kids would take that moment to find their friends, to chat up, to like whatever. And I was trying as hard as I could to be invisible, to move like the exact speed I needed to from bell ringing to bell ringing so that I was I was not like stopped anywhere and looking lonely, but that I was in progress toward a classroom looking like I was purposeful. Like it just the amount of thought that went into trying not to look like the loser that I felt like was extreme. Mm -hmm. And any moment that I couldn't figure out the recipe for, for looking uh, predisposed, it was, it was just terror on terror. So I completely understand what you mean when you say school wasn't for you. I think a lot of people assume because I host a writing podcast and I love writing that uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of school. I did love college and I found myself in college, but I didn't even attend my first college class until I was 24 years old. Yep. Um, the two, I had to, I think I had to retake a business class that I originally failed. And the second time I got an A plus because I actually interacted with the professor and it was more uh, discussion based, you know, mm-hmm. and more, um, there was one project I had to do and I think I got a B or something, but mm-hmm. it was more discussion based and more yeah. engaging yeah. the second time around. 
Um, and, you know, even in high school, I did have one experience where I did get on that morning radio show. And it was mm-hmm. the number one show in in the area because they did a, a bit called The Fog King, which, you know, take that where you will with the, the language. Yeah. Um, they had a T-shirt out that said, I listened to this show and all I got was this Fog King T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I wore it to school. Oh. And I got suspended for wearing the shirt. Oh, wow. The principal came up and said, you can't wear that Pho King shirt. I'm familiar with the, the Vietnamese dish called Pho, spelled P-H-O. Are you talking about a different kind of Pho? Or am yeah. I hearing you wrong? Okay. No, it was a it was a pun on the word fucking. Right. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm so, fully yeah. with you there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. so like Vietnamese, there's a Vietnamese soup called pho spelled P-H-O. So you could be like, hey, he's he's uh, the local pho king. You know, he serves all the pho. He's the best pho no, restaurant in town. Um, that. So F- that's where my F-A-H. mind was going. It was F-A-H, if I remember. Okay. And then dash K-I-N-G. Yeah. Like, a little more on the nose, possibly. Yes. Yes. So the principal came up and said, you can't wear that Fog King shirt. And I said, mm-hmm. why can't I wear my Fog King shirt? <laughs> you just said. And so I emailed the radio show about it and they called to get permission to have me on the air. And I, I did a spot with them for one morning. And when I went back to school, like the next day or later that day, someone came up and was like, you were on the radio, weren't you? Like, Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> it was like the highlight nice. of my life at the moment. Like, yeah, absolutely. Just, but as we progressed moving to the West Coast, like it just never came about. I, I mean, I, I got mm. promises from one of the DJs at the radio station that they were going to put my name to the head for the internship, and mm. like I kept calling, hassling, like mm. the show. I was eager to do it, and they picked other people. And I think really what yeah. the spot was is just. I was straightforward, like, yes, this mm. is a bottom gig, but I want to get, I'm going to work hard to get to the top. Mm. And I think at that point when like it, it just, and then radio changed and it became more national based. Like there's just mm. not many local radio stations and that right. hire local talent and actually are live. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all national based or recorded on site yeah. or because they have guys there that do radio shows, but they're also the salesman in the field. They're also yeah. the program director and it just never came to being yeah. now music and, and listening to music and going to shows and reviewing the shows. I, I still love doing that, but yeah. I just never made a career out of it. And yeah. the other thing is like, I, and we've had this discussion and I told you, don't be afraid of coaching. Like, I loved it. I didn't mm. think I would. Like it wasn't yeah. for me. Like I don't didn't like other people's kids. Like I just did I'd sit there and watch my kid and have fun and keep score and stuff, but it it was very enjoyable once I kind of got out of my comfort zone and Yeah. Cuz I knew baseball. Yeah. Like I knew how right. to coach small ball to these kids. Like I knew like how to interact. And I knew that it needed to be fun and not be an asshole like Hey, if you want to be the next uh, Willie Mays, you got to do this. Or if you want to be the next Derek Jeter, you got to do this. Like, you can't just come out here and not expect 
you know, no, it has to be fun. It has to be entertaining. You've, um, you've already, you've already sparked my imagination. I'm going to try this next week at practice. Cause uh, I've, I've gotten roped into more or less coaching all the practices. Um, <laughs> thanks to my brother-in-law, Clint, you jerk. But anyways, um, <laughs> I just wanted to put that there. So uh, what I'm going to do, I, I'm just thinking about this now, and this will be fun for the kids and it'll keep them engaged because I'm so tired of them in just two practices filling their their gloves with dirt from from the, the infield. You know, <laughs> so yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to do I'm going to do the grounders and I'm going to have whether I've got three boys or four boys, I'm going to have them line up uh, so that they're, you know, arms spread apart. And I'm going to have them get in the ready position because none of them know how to get ready. Like they have their glove down on the ground. And I'm like, that's not ready. Get in the ready position. I'm showing them what it is this last practice. And they just can't keep focus. So I would be like, you don't know which one is going to get a grounder. So you all got to be in the ready position. I want you to stay loose, you know, and I'm going to play with them and get on their level. And that will make me yep. feel better. So anyways. Um, and uh, yes. it'll entertain It'll entertain them. It'll, it'll make keep them, them engaged. Focused. Yes. It'll keep them engaged to the point of, okay, it might be my turn. I need to pay attention. Yes. At, yes. at least in that moment, Will. I mean, you can't do exactly. that 10 times. And then uh, yeah. I'm never getting the ball. He's just going over there. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's entertaining and fun. Yep. yep. Uh, so one thing that I want to to push into, because we're talking not just with each other, but to the people who are listening, and I think this is applicable to a lot of my listeners, um, though not, not necessarily my core, because I'm not the guy who talks to people who are thinking about writing books. I'm the guy who's talking to people who have written books and want to get them in, in readers' hands. But in your case, I'm thinking – and you know this, I think you've even mentioned this before, you could start a podcast that is radio and you can do it so lo-fi. Any any podcast you listen to me uh, do where I don't have a guest, I'm actually speaking to my iPhone. I don't even pull out the headset. I don't pull out the earphones. I'm just talking to my iPhone. And the quality is so good on an iPhone right now that as long as the house is fairly quiet, it sounds like I'm in a studio booth. It's really, really nice. So like it's it's a, a low barrier of entry to kind of get your voice out into the world. Can you give me a good reason why you haven't done that? Time and topics like just I, I and yeah, I just don't uh, I don't see myself as being good at it or able to. And you mm-hmm. don't have to be good. It, I mean, a yeah. lot of there's millions of podcasts and a lot of them just do it for the fun. Yes. And they're not they're not doing it to make they might have some promo codes where you go shop a certain site and, you know, get a kickback for being an influencer or a affiliate. But yep. for the most part, it's just done to be um, fun. And like yeah. uh, I have a friend who does a lot of Facebook and TikTok videos for fun. Mm-hmm. Like he has a whole brand he's built behind it. The Key Nation brand. And he gets his daughters involved, and they do tasting of weird drinks, tasting foods from around the world. They do all kinds of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he has a dad joke reel that he uses a puppet with. And he he posted a couple of days ago that he finally got a $25 reel payment. And, like, it, it's fun. Does he expect to make millions doing it? No, but if mm-hmm. he got a sponsorship doing something – by putting these videos out and stuff, it and it's engaging and it's fun. And he, I think he has like almost 2,000 TikTok followers. Wow. And he just started his YouTube channel mm-hmm. and they did the bean boozle thing. It was, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't put effort and time. I have so much on my mind, like just mm-hmm. random stuff and pushing hard for work. Like I, right. 
and especially this time of year, like I don't, I come in, I sit down, and they're with MLB TV. Forget mm-hmm. about it. You're not going to get get a hold of me. Yeah. Like so, I mean, not so. There, that. there, there are a couple of things I think that are worth saying at this point. I don't, I don't disagree with you. And you hear on this podcast before, depending on what level of uh, like intensity I bring to a conversation, um, I've spoken to these thought processes before. Uh, you have the time. You're just choosing where you're putting the time right now. You know this. I'm not saying anything to you that you don't know. Um, you you are making a choice to watch baseball. You are making a choice to go to concerts. You are making a choice about the way that you're spending time. And I think those things are actually fine. In the past year, uh, I have gone from being the guy who, who was proud of saying I worked 90, 100-hour weeks, uh, just completely head down doing things, which granted, I still work those weeks sometimes. But I've gotten more into the mindset of let's spend some time with the family. Let's delegate a little bit more time to enjoyment because if I die, the guy who worked really hard, that's nothing that I'm going to be proud of. If I die, the guy who had a great time in life and made the most out of everything that I could, I'll be proud of that. Um, And if I can happen to achieve a great deal of recognition for the things that I'm doing along the way, then I really hit on something. I think the same is true for you. And so I want to pose a couple of things for you to think about now and beyond this conversation. One would be, um, as you're watching an Orioles game, you can have your phone at the ready uh, and you can record comments uh, about the game. And I know from seeing the kind of posts that you have on social media that you can be really witty, you can be kind of scathing, you can be caustic and funny. And I think that if you just got in the mood of recording those moments on uh, your just just your voice recorder app, that you could send those to the free Audacity program on a laptop and turn that into a podcast. And you probably would have several podcasts a week. And you could just call it my reaction to the Baltimore Orioles. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. And I think uh, that with very little effort, you could grow a reasonable listenership over time. And I think that you would get better at it as you went, which is my experience of, of TRBM. I'm infinitely better at doing this than I was when I started. Yeah. Um, and and so if you started now, then you wouldn't even have to actually make more time. You would just have to do something a little bit different with your time. You could still drink your beer. You could still talk with uh, your your girlfriend. You could still talk with your son. Um, all of those things that you're doing, you don't even have to stop doing. You're just adding something into the mix. Uh, by the same token, I was thinking of this earlier in the conversation, you drive. Uh, what, 50, 60% of your, your workday is actually in a vehicle, right? Mm, somewhere Maybe in there. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll call it, we'll call it 40%. So the time that you're in a car, uh, you can have your phone hands-free, just like you are right now with your headphones uh, on a voice recorder. And you can talk about the show that you saw this weekend. Um, you can talk about the band. You can explore how the songs moved, how the set went. You can really dive into those things. And you could call the podcast um, Roadshow. <laughs> I don't even know. You know, I mean, and yeah. kind of play with these ideas and just release a podcast. You can host it for free on Substack and you can start putting that audio out into the world where people can listen to it and at least have the opportunity to say like, okay, Joe Radke had this dream of being a radio personality and now he's doing something about it. And I just gave you all the time you need to do it. It's already there. See, Yeah, exactly. See, that's where there's been so many brainstorms 
between us. Like, I'll get off the phone with you or exchanging text messages, and it's like, ah, why didn't I think of that? It's like, um, another thing that, you know, I think the connection between us is you're one of the only people that outside of the family I live in, but I mean, in a professional setting that has ever trusted that I'd be good at it. <laughs> like when, when a promotion became available, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the only guy in the area that you know of, but you trusted to send me to that interview and yeah. put, put your name out there <clears throat> as someone that was respectable inside that company to say, yes, interview this guy. He'd be good for that. Yeah. Or if you have other ideas, you know, that you've had for business ideas, you think of me and you trust mm-hmm. me. Like I've never gotten that from someone outside of family. And most family doesn't even do that. Like, I mean, Shannon, Shannon's great. She, you know, she helps and absolutely supports everything and that I've done or tried to be a part of. And, you know, I, I don't take that for granted, but I don't take it in stride and say, you know what, that's good. I don't, it doesn't click in my brain, mm-hmm. but like someone outside of family that believes in anything or gives it, like you just gave me the idea. I believe in you. You can do this. Yeah. Like it's, and I think you have that, I have that same mindset towards you. Like, you know, you want to sell a million books, like, yes, what the hell? Like, right. Who sells them? Okay. Well, go for it. You can do yeah. it. And, you know, there's so many people out there, like when you were doing the marketing podcast that just mm-hmm. were writers that were like, I'm not listening to this guy. He's never right. going to sell a million books. How's he going to tell me to sell a million books? Right. He hasn't sold one. And right. I think, I think some of that has humbled you to a degree Yeah, that, you know, you, you've flipped and done a little bit better and you're learning as you go. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, you, you took this risk of, I'm going to do this. I, I did X to get to Y. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I don't need financial support to do what you just told me to do. Like right. I can, I can try, try it. And if it fails, Hey, yeah. at least I tried. Right. That's right. It took nothing but a little bit of effort. I'm already doing this. Just do this while you do this. Yes. And, you know, um, it, it's same thing, you know, everywhere, like inside the house and relationships. Like I, I don't have a great relationship with, with most of my family. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, it, yep. we're here, they're there. And it, it's just one of those things, but like, yeah. it's just that, that makes me feel good. Like I might do that. I might sit down and say, okay, I can, I can try this. Like yeah. I can try this now and see, yeah. see how it sounds and put it out there. Cause I never yeah. had that thought. Like I never, I never would right. have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, uh, I've talked about all of this on the podcast before, but I mean, I didn't have that thought until uh, I, I mean, ultimately I, I had uh, the idea to use um, magical mushrooms <laughs> to, <laughs> to try to help me with, with ultimately what I consider to be a really bad case of depression. And it was on the heels of, of some bad luck in the, the traditional working world um, that I had this whole idea. And I know a good friend of mine who uh, regrets making a life altering change based on a similar taking magical mushrooms. Um, and so it doesn't work out for everybody, but I regret nothing of what I've done. It's been, it's been a great journey, um, but the pressures are true. 
what you mentioned about not having family support, I think that's doubled down. Even recently, I maybe alluded to this or even said it on a, a past episode. I told uh, a, a close family member of mine that I was thinking, like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm I'm going to quit. And instead of being like, no, you're going to be fine, family member said, just make sure you have a good plan for whatever's coming next. <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah. I always knew that you would fail. And you're, you're like, ouch, that really hurts. I wish I wouldn't have said anything to you. Um, people are out to give you an escape. And some of them don't even know that they're doing it. Some people don't actively want you to fail, but they actively expect you to fail. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. I think that that's really difficult to exist in a world that is most of the time not rooting for you, um, whether actively or passively is kind of a different story. Like I ran into my very first boss for DSD work. Mm. Um, that is uh, direct is, store delivery for people who yes, are in there. I, I, I was fixing to say that. Fixing to, fixing <laughs> yep. to say that. I'm such a southerner. You are. Um, they, it was a small interaction, but afterwards, I, and I, I really don't care for the guy, but afterwards I thought about saying, I thought about it, I was like, I should have shook his hand. Because hmm. when I moved here in 2008, I had no direct sales delivery experience. Hmm. Didn't even know what I was getting into. Yep. All right, I'll go to the store, deliver your chips and crackers. Cool. Oh, it's commission? Uh, okay, sure. He didn't need to hire me. Why would you? Like, you don't even know what you're doing. I still had a California driver's license. Yep. I've only been in Arkansas two months, and you took a chance. And here I am 16 years later still doing the same line of work because it turned out I was decent at it. Mm. Like, I should have shook his hand and said thank you. Right. But I, you know, I had this kind of chip on my shoulder because he wasn't as supportive as, say, you were in a supervisor role or my boss now is. Mm. Uh, You know, he he did. And in fairness, they changed to independent operators and he went from being a boss to a liaison Mm. and it was not a smooth transition. But that recognition like of just I, knowing, though, that somebody gave you a leg up is um, it does something. I think it does something in our hearts and our minds when we understand uh, that that people have been the reason for our successes as well. I mean, I was just talking about people being kind of an uh, in, impediment to success. But you're talking about a guy who paved the way for you to succeed, even if he wasn't a great boss. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I, I, I hope one day I'm in that position that mm. that. You know, I'm the guy that's doing the interview, and yeah, this kid, you know, well, 24, 25, whatever it was, time comes in and no experience, yeah, but needs a job, and I need somebody to do that job. Yeah, and here you go. Like, I'm gonna give you a shot. Yeah, and I, I would hope that I'd be a better uh, supportive of teaching, but like, sure. in reality, like it's not that complicated to do what I do. Like you got to build relationships. Yes. Mm -hmm. To be successful. But the majority of it is just going in and filling a shelf. Yeah. Like anybody can do that, but to be successful, you do need to build relationships to get more in the store, more, more space, more, you know, things like that. And I have a few of those I've built over time, Mm -hmm. but like the, uh, one of the grocery managers at a Walmart I have now <clears throat> and the receiver that since retired when I started 
going back with uh, Red Bull to this Walmart, they knew they recognized me. Mm. Like, I hadn't been in that store in 12 years. Oh, wow. Like, they knew, and that's where I started with the first job I was just talking about, doing chips. Like, it was my main Walmart I had doing the chips and crackers. Mm. But I had no interaction with these people for 12 years. But they remembered me. Wow. They couldn't remember where, like, what, sure. what, what was I delivering prior that they, and I was like, really? Guys, seriously? Yeah, that's cool, though. And, and they're like, yeah, we just couldn't remember what it was. And that store, I get, I have a great relationship with the guy. I get whatever I ask for. Yeah. Because he knows I'll take care of it. Like, it, it's been two or three other people I've ran into that, like, yeah, I remember you from this, like, you know down south mm-hmm. doing the chips or whatever. Um, most of, a lot of the stores that I have now, I, I, I did previously have with, with SRP, so that, that some of the managers are still in place. I remember that, hey, yeah, this guy takes care of us. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, it was very nice to see, like, you know how many people those Walmart managers interact with in a 12-year in a span, let alone a six-month span, a six-month span, let alone... 12 years like mm-hmm. and they remembered this guy who was a greenhorn at the time like barely no experience just come in put stuff on the shelf go you know yeah this is a job for now yeah like it it, it makes it feel good when that happens yeah like i mean it, it is like and the same is going to be like when when you have that that book that sells a hundred thousand copies and like yeah, I knew that guy when he sold ten copies. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, it's, it's true. It, it's gonna be make you feel good. Make make me feel good. Like, hey, success. Other people's success. You know, when you watch it, like, mm-hmm. and, and it, to a degree, some people could get very depressed over that. Like, oh, he did the damn thing. He has success. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything that's I've, yeah, I, and be envious or disappointed. Like, mm-hmm. like I can see myself in that position too to a degree mm, okay but not 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 with not with you because sure, we've had a good relationship yeah but with somebody and even my friend wayne that does the videos like if he mm-hmm. does signs a deal for a hundred thousand dollars on an influencer deal or something like yeah hey cool like yeah but like other people sometimes be like man yeah. how'd they get that why haven't i and okay. you don't yeah. you don't take the initiative to like I told Shannon a few weeks ago, I never had planned for the future. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we're just kind of in a rut that like we're surviving, we're doing fine. Yeah. But if 10 years ago I planned for a future mm-hmm. and wanted to have a goal in sight yeah. to, you know, be at, then I could have been in a better, much better position it's worth stopping here because there's a term for that that a lot of people think is woo-woo non-scientific. The term is called manifestation. Um, A lot of people believe that manifestation is not a scientific process that you can't actually like show how it comes to pass. So uh, shows like the Joe Rogan experience, he'll, he'll knock on manifestation all the time. He's like, manifesting is such BS. He's like, it takes a lot of hard work. And I'm like, well, that is actually part of the science of manifestation. Um, I've mentioned her on this show before, but Dr. Tara Swart Bieber uh, has a podcast um, about manifestation and the science behind it. She's a professor at um, 
I can't remember. I want to say Berkeley, but I think that's wrong. Anyways, uh, it's it's a, a big school, MIT possibly even. At any rate, um, what you're talking about having goals is a, an aspect of manifestation. It's saying, I see myself as a radio broadcaster. I believe that that is who I am. And currently my reality doesn't match what I believe to be true. Um, and if mm-hmm. you believe it in a certain way, then you start taking steps 10 years ago that that lead to that moment. Um, and so I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, you have that choice now. It's not too late. You're 41 years old. Uh, if you decide right now that your future is going to be different, you don't have to put a number of years on it. Some people do. I'm not actually a person who puts years on things. Um, I have tried vision boards. They actually feel uh, like bad for me. They, they, I feel accused when I look at a vision board that has like my goals or what I believe about myself. I look at that and I see the current evidence that I'm not that thing. And it, it actually yeah. depresses me and it causes me to to kind of back away or to distract myself. So I've moved away from vision boards and, and I would love to get uh, Dr. Bieber on this podcast to talk about that um, because I'm sure I'm doing it partly wrong, but I do know enough about manifesting to know that what you're talking about 10 years ago, you can start that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's never too late to, to set the goals and start putting things in place. Yeah. But having, having the uh, structure and the, uh, mm-hmm. the mindset, the discipline yeah, to stick with it and follow through. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother thing to learn and have discipline on. Like, I think so. I, I can speak, have 10 goals and I'm going to do this and do that and really believe it in my brain, mm-hmm. but being disciplined enough to actually follow through and achieve yeah. something. I, that's the part that's missing. Like yeah. it's just the discipline. And that, that goes with a lot of things that I've done mm-hmm. in life, the discipline, the, uh, the ability to stay on course. Yeah. On the one hand, I really applaud what you're saying, because I think that you're, if if not directly recognizing, recognizing that there's a gap between the things that you want and the, the work that you want to put in to get those things. Um, I've actually, I have, a, I have a good friend that I've been trying to discourage for a long time from going down a certain road because he has been telling me for the past 10 years that he wants this particular thing. Um, and the sum total of his efforts have been so meager that it's clear he doesn't want it. And I've been trying to tell him like, hey, why don't you step back and look at the things that you're doing right now and figure out, is there something within it that you really love, that you're really passionate about? It's okay to actually reduce the size of your goal. Some people are are meant for greatness as a, a regional sales manager uh, of a distribution company. And that is a a job that they will perform with uh, amazing talent for uh, their whole working career. And they'll be able to retire and have a nice life and feel like they've contributed. Some people um, are going to be great delivery people and they have the most joy out of delivering goods. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes daydreaming, which is kind of like the darker side of manifestation, I think sometimes daydreaming keeps us from really experiencing the joy in the present moment. Um, that we actually have everything we truly want. My wife would be totally fine with me saying this, but she's not an ambitious woman. 
And I think she has most of everything she wants. And if it were better, that'd be great. Like if we have more money, she will certainly like that. If we have more opportunities to travel, she will love that. But if we never left Oakland and we just lived here and did the life that we're doing and raised good kids, she would not feel like she lost out on anything. Um, And so I think in some ways she's living her best life and it makes her a really enjoyable partner to have because um, she's pretty clear on what she wants. How how much of that do you feel like is is the case with you? Do you feel, do you feel like your goals are distracting you from what you have, or do you believe that you are supposed to be uh, the radio broadcaster? Which, which is it? I don't know. I mean, the goals definitely are distracting. Like, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I still believe that I'm supposed to be, that that was what I'm supposed to do. Cause it yeah. just, it's not something that I've focused on mm-hmm. or thought about really trying to go about and like um, doing like there's a, I'm friends with another a local talent here. He, he mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's actually a general manager of four stations, maybe five. Um, and he does air air talent every once in a while, but that's not his thing. But if somebody's out sick, he has to cover whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation and he was looking for someone to come do sales for the radio station. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, yeah, you know, well, I always wanted to be an air talent. And he jingled that nugget out there. Like, well, if you come and work for me, I might be able to get you on the air. Oh, wow. Like, like, yeah, no, <laughs> cause that, that's going to be all right. Well, you did 20 per, you brought in 20% revenue this time, but I really need you to hit 25 and then we'll talk mm. about doing the air. Okay. Shift. And then at 25, it's great job. I just don't have the time right now to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. We have to put some training in it or have somebody there. Cause mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how to run an audio board or whatever it would take. Sure. You know, I, I just see that as plus I didn't have a vehicle to go and I have a good job with great benefits. So, right. you know, weighing the decision of, oh, this is my opportunity. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. I'm coming to work for you, buddy. Yeah. Like, n- no. It, it, now, ten years ago, I would quit job. Been like, I'm. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. I wouldn't know about personalities. Wouldn't know about like things I've learned over time, especially being in sales. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I, I am definitely still too trustworthy of people like that contractors or hmm. um, whatever it may be. You put too in. much trust in folks that, that are doing things that, that matter to you, uh, like yes. plumbing or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Plumbing or contracting or whatever it may be. Like, yeah, like, okay, I'm shake your hand. We'll have a deal. And mm-hmm. then you don't follow through on it. And it's not what, yeah you said was going to happen. Like they've got their check. They got their money. You know, they, they don't need to focus on, they're focusing on customer acquisition, right? Not customer retention. Yeah. Well, this is a a perfect spot to, to wrap up the, the podcast episode. One of the things I think I cannot, um, I, I say it's a perfect spot to wrap up because a lot of people listen, listening, I think identify somewhere in between where you're at and where I'm at uh, in their own journey. Um, and mm-hmm. the one thing that you can't do and that I can't do is answer the question about uh, what comes next. And 
how big your dream should be or could be or how big do you want it to be? Um, what do you let go? What do you embrace? What do you manifest for yourself down the road? Those are all questions I can't even begin to try to answer for you. Um, and I think the worst thing that somebody can do is try to tell somebody else what they should do. So I see uh, some things you could do, like the uh, the Roadshow podcast or the baseball podcast, if you wanted to give it a shot. And I think that if you gave it some effort, um, you would pretty quickly realize whether it was something that brought you more joy or kind of brought you down. There were times with this podcast for me where uh, it felt like... Uh, intolerable amount of work. And there have been other times where I dive into it and don't realize how much time I've spent putting together an episode uh, and everything that goes into it. So there are ebbs and flows, but overall, I, I remember all the time that the podcast is part of my my future. And I wouldn't have known that um, two years ago that I would enjoy this so much. Um, I see myself as a, a writer and a novelist first and foremost, but I don't think I would feel completely satisfied if I wasn't podcasting as well. So you discover things about yourself along the way and stay open to those kind of things. And I really appreciate you listening to my show for the last year and a half, a little more. Gosh, it's been a little while now. And uh, being supportive, always having good words to say. Um, hope you continue to listen. And uh, any, any oh, parting no, thoughts? This trash. I ain't listening to this no more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm done now. <laughs> any show that'll have me as a guest is a show I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the third time we tried this. I think it's yes. successful this time. Yeah, it is successful. This one, this one will air fairly soon, actually. Um, and the first two times, it made sense why it didn't. But uh, we did give it the good old college effort, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. That was cool. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening? <laughs>